Well, hello again and welcome back. I'm with Andy from Snow Camps Europe and I am Paul from Ski Instructor Academy. How are you doing, Andy? Good, thanks, Paul. Good. good. All good, yeah. What's the big subject today? What are we going to talk so about? So we are talking about why can I not ski like that person? Ah. And when we say that person, it's one of those people on social media that has posted the most epic ski shot that they achieved that week. Oh, it could just be when you're on the piste and you see somebody go past and you yeah. go, oh, I wish I could ski like him. Yeah. And, and actually, that, that's the funny one, because normally when they're pointing to that person, you'll go, you don't want to ski like that person, because it's, it's usually one of those guys who's making the short turns, you know, like in 1970 yeah. style. <laughs> and it's like, oh, it's got the worm wobble going on. And it's okay. like, it's like, oh, well, you don't really want to ski like him. And I suppose that's um, uh, what we might say it's from a perspective of you know what good skiing movements patterns should be and often the average client does not understand what good movement patterns are and also i mean one of the things that we find from our academy students is often the guys who are good skiers i.e ski relatively fast and normally in a straight line but they don't think they're skiing in a straight line you know people think they want to ski like them but they're not doing the same thing, you know, they're not turning the ski, for example. Um, so there's there's all sorts of different ways to look at this subject. But as Andy says, I suppose, from a social media content nowadays, we're heavily influenced by that, aren't we? Yeah, we, 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 well, we're bombarded with it, aren't we? The amount, of, the amount of social media that people consume is going up and up and up. Instagram photos, TikTok. YouTube videos. Yeah, uh, yeah TikTok, brilliant. Um, uh, all sorts of stuff. But uh, as you've said in the past, and, and we, we need to say it here, is no one will ever post a bad picture of their self. So we're only ever seeing their best of their best. Yeah, true. I mean, you don't put your, your dodgy picture on a dating profile, do you? Or something <laughs> like that. And equally, video-wise or photo-wise, you're going to select uh, carefully a frame that, that can make you look like you're, you're pretty good. Um, uh, not always happens. In fairness, some people don't know what good skiing is and they post themselves up and they're, they're saying, oh, look, look at this and it's not actually that good. But um, yeah, I mean, from a promotional point of view, I know because obviously having Ski Instructor Academy, we're careful what we release on social media, for example, because of the haters. You know, there's plenty of people waiting to go, oh, hang on a second, you know, that's not symmetrical or that angulation doesn't look like it's inclination or it's not on the outside ski fully. And and you get all these sort of things that you... So you end up being almost in a panic. And that's, I think, both you and I are in the same position, Andy, where, you know, you're currently down in a different ski area. And I, I always love being in Argentina, for example, because nobody knows you. Mm-hmm. When you're quite well known, people are always watching you. Oh, that's him. Oh, oh he's not a very good skier, you know. So. <laughs> <laughs> It doesn't look like how he does on YouTube or what it is. Yeah. Not every run's going to be, you know, 100% dynamic. And people, the weirdest thing, I think, for myself as a coach was I always believe that we have to go to extremes sometimes to get the client to understand what you're doing. So you might be doing like a weird movement pattern. Like, for example, you may be leaning inside, when, you know, people go, oh, there's no angulation, for example, you know, he's not on his outside ski, but they don't know what you're teaching at that, that second, exactly. that split yep. second. What are you doing and why? And this is, you know, they don't understand your, your story behind that. But certainly I think Andy's got a point that 
you know, some of these names on on um, on the Instagram, etc. They're putting out turns, which I would say it's as dangerous as let's say going into a CrossFit gym without any training and having some coach who throws you into, you know, a circuit full on without any any basis and understanding. And you have to be careful of watching turns because it's very biased towards a lot of factors. We could say, first of all, is this person like, you know, like we could choose like a Gunther from, from our academy where, you know, he, he skied on leather boots, yeah. wood skis since he was two years old. He's been doing that for, you know, over 55 years, 60 years, whatever. And he's he's a he's just got that ingrained fluidity, that that rhythm, that 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 that, that that's there in his system. Yeah, it's in his DNA. Yeah, <laughs> literally. You know, you can't beat that. You know, I, I didn't really start skiing until I was 38. So come on, I don't have that grounding that he has. I was lucky that I had a huge grounding in dynamic sports. So I was able to to learn fast and and to better my skiing quickly, but I can't beat his DNA. No. It's not going to happen. Equally, you know, we get some some great whippersnapper skiers who are phenomenally dynamic. They're 30 years younger than I am. (laughs) We have that situation as well. So we have to be realistic about it and, and understand how equipment affects the turns then we might look at as well do you really understand what um equipment you know can do to someone's turn um i would have said most of the time my experience is that particularly certain regions of the world will favor a slalom ski yep and a particularly softer version of a slalom ski why does that make a difference andy the, the 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 slalom ski or the softness yeah well both or both well obviously they can do a shorter turn and if the ski is softer it's a lot easier to bend on a reverse camera a camber to get that turn result which we quite often see on these photos yeah. from these areas let's say where where the fist ski where you watch like a Marcel Hirscher you know going down and they're on these fist skis and I, I tend to ski on fist skis um, they are extremely torsionally strong. They require you to be pinpoint perfect. The sweet spots yeah, sweet spot's are much smaller. more aggressive. You move out the sweet spot of one of those skis and it'll <coughs> catapult you out yeah. very fast. So you might be thinking, well, why buy one of them? Exactly. Why buy one of them? Don't. Don't end up being one of those people that looks for the expensive skis and think it's going to make you better. A very stiff, torsionally stiff fist ski it's 99% of the time the wrong ski for a, for a person to ski on. Yeah, for, for a recreational skier, it's going gonna, it's gonna to tire you out massively because you're going to have to work very hard to ski it. Mm-hmm. Um, and going back to that picture of that skier doing that particular turn, if you're on that ski and he's on a soft slalom ski, you're never going to get anywhere near what that person's no. selling you in that picture. I think, think I and, uh, let me think, Tom, Gelly and I, we, we did a, a podcast or a, a something about this about you know putting the hip to the ground for example and yeah I, you know I can go through videos and show shots of me with my hip to the ground and stuff and and people often ask how do you do that and it's it is interesting that that seems to be a goal for a lot of people oh, I want to get my hip to the ground and say well there's a lot of parameters involved in that um, and certainly a lot of people will be doing this on relatively grippy snow yep. because you know if the ski can cut and sink that little centimeter into the snow easier than if it was on you know boilerplate ice that in itself makes the movement arm 
um, smaller. So if you think of like an ice skater on ice, their blade of the ice skate sits right under their foot, like literally in the middle. And that's why they can do all these twirls, turns on blue ice. When you have a wider ski, it gets more and more of a movement arm, which was why it becomes a problem on your knee. For example, if you tend to ski on powder skis all the time, even when it's yeah, powder skis, piste. powder skis on the piste. Yeah. yeah, it's something I see a lot now. Ninety over foot, a hundred, you know, underfoot, and people don't realise the the tor- what they're doing is putting this huge movement arm, which is 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 not healthy for the knee. And, and to such a point, when you look at a race ski, there's a limitation about how narrow a race ski can be because because they're aware of this fact that it makes it easier to basically dig that ski in and, and grip. So Andy's right in that equipment has a big, big um, point in what's going on. Condition underfoot, what's the snow like? What's the angle of the slope like? Because actually, if the angle's quite steep, you can get your hip pretty close to the ground pretty quick. Yeah. Think about it, if you fall over, you'd rather fall over on a steep hill than, a, than, than on a flat. That's why beginners can't get off the ground half the time. Yeah, because they're, pushing yourself up off the flat is a lot harder than pushing yourself up off a 40 degree slope. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And it, it doesn't take much of a dynamic parallel turn in fairness for me to get my hip close to the ground on a steep black, even when I'm skidding a bit, it can look quite dynamic, yet I'm not carving. Um, so that's a criteria we've got to take on board. So be careful, I think, when you're looking at the photograph and isolating what's on his foot, what type of ski binding boot is that, yeah. what's the angle of the slope, you know, and there are other factors involved. You don't know whether he's done a J-turn. Exactly. And, and this is what I was about to, about to say is you're seeing one moment in time. All of the turns up to that turn probably looked or could have looked quite different. Now, granted, when they the, when these videos are posted and you're seeing them doing a run of these turns, yes, they are doing a run of the same turns. Um, but again, look at the angle of the slope. Look at what he's wearing. Has he been skiing since he was in the womb? Mm-hmm. And how fit are they? Yeah. Again, it comes from that podcast we just had regarding... We'll keep talking about that. But certainly, um, we we need to take into consideration all those factors, don't we? Especially the fitness side as well. And yeah, we need to think about, you know, ingrained technique that they've had from years and years and years. Yep. Mm. It's it's not an easy subject to talk about because what we don't want to do is be critical of good skiing. Because good skiing is different in everybody's perception. You have to think, if you take one of these um, YouTuber skiers, for example, they are not even in close to what your Marcel Hirsch is or, you know, <laughs> a proper full-on racer skier is. They don't even come near them. Yet you probably look and think, it looks better a lot of the time. Yeah, and, and, and the, the, the picture's selling a dream, let's say. Um, and we need to be realistic of if we can achieve it or if our clients can achieve it. Um, but the, the, other, the, the other thing is you quite often see it's the same turn over and over again. It's a specific way of skiing, a specific kind of turn. Yeah. Um, and they can, they, we can see that in, in a long term, we can see that in a short turn, but it's always the same kind of turns on the same kind of slopes. Yeah. I can remember doing in, in Switzerland, um, 
there was then the basic qualifications when I did them. And I remember the the, 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 the guy saying to me, and all the group were going, oh, you know, you're going to pass. You've got the awesome short turns. And, you know, that's what I was known for, these awesome short turns. And then the trainer went, yeah, but can you do a different short turn? And all of a sudden it was like, hang on a second, this, this, this isn't what I want to do. It's like, no, 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 you're, you're going to now, you could have to higher edge above and skid below, or you're going to have to release the turn different. You're going to have to change the shape slightly. You're going to have to be more. And instantly the thought process was there isn't just one type of short turn. And we talk about this a lot because we, we see this sort of Austrian short turn, which is completely different to, let's say, a I don't Japanese. know, like a Japanese yeah. or an Australian short turn. People probably think, how, how, what are you about? Short turn's a short turn. Correct, a short turn is a short yeah. turn. And it's really down to you what type of short turn, but the ski will dictate it. And uh, uh, this, this again on some of, some of the videos that you see, and they will have said it's a short turn, but it's actually more of a medium It's a turn. medium, yeah. as we call it. Yeah, um, because again, a short turn needs to be short. And some of these short turns aren't that short. And what I found interesting, you saying that was in Switzerland, Paul, is I spoke with Dave Burrows, who has a ski school in Switzerland, and he told me when he did his Swiss licenses, and I think it was 12 variations of short turns they had to perform yeah. on their final exam. And yeah, th there are lots of short turns out there, but we only ever really see a picture of this one particular kind of short turn. Yeah, or we talk about the gears of a short turn. There's sort of like five gears. And on each gear, you're reducing the vertical movement and there's more deflection, more lateral movement, for example. But what you have to understand is that when somebody is carving a short turn, like literally carving it, it comes back to what Andy said, and that is it's probably going to be a slalom ski because you cannot carve a 30-meter radius <laughs> this giant slalom ski or something down the mountain. There's going to be an element of drifting of some sort, of skidding, whatever you want to call it. Um, and that's why you have to understand what's on the feet. And I watched a video I think about two years ago, actually, I was watching something. And um, funny enough, the whole group on this video were on slalom skis, except one, and the guy was actually Swiss. He was on an actual uh, giant slalom ski. And it was really interesting to see the difference yeah. between the styles and what was going on. And I know that a lot of people, I think, are now starting to address their gap, if you like, their, their weakness, which is they've been skiing on slalom skis forever. They put a long ski on and all of a sudden... They can't ski. They look terrible. So rightly so, they probably look and go, I either need to never use that ski or get caught on that ski, or I need to address that weakness. And I find a lot of people won't put a longer ski on Andy because in case they're sore, in case somebody sees them and goes, oh, that's such, oh God, he's a terrible skier. Which is that great thing that sometimes when you're not in your own ski resort, you can actually experiment. I've, I, and, and this is exactly what I've been doing this year. I've, I've skied um, several different skis, different radiuses. Um, I even, and a lot of people uh, will be shocked by this, I even put some very wide powder skis on this week, which I've never done before. Um, I, I, I'm very much one ski for all, for all conditions. But I, I said, no, I'm going to try it. I want to try it. I want to see what they're about. But I've skied, I skied the Alan Voyagers. I've skied the next year's um, Fisher RC for the curves. Because I want to feel the difference the skis are making to my skiing. I also want to select a ski for next winter. Um, and as you said, you, you can't 
do a short carved turn on that big giant slalom ski and I've, I've skied different radiuses of skis and I've gone, oh wow I've, I've just done a really short carved turn and then I've tried on the other ski and I was like I can't do that carved turn anymore yeah. because the ski won't allow you to do it yeah. and okay again there might be a skier out there a Marcel Hersher or a Gunter who could do it but he's not going to be able to do it all day long no no, I mean, one thing that uh, a lot of the Austrians, for example, you know, they'll, they'll, they'll take the piss out of you, they'll catch you on a slalom ski. They call it like a Spielzeuger, you know, like a, like a toy. That's a toy ski on your foot. But actually, one of the things I recommend a lot to people doing their level three and going to level four is get off the long ski and put a slalom ski on. Because you have to be that much more faster, more dynamic, and geez, you'll know your what your back is at the end of the day. It's much more of a of an impact on your body skiing that ski hard, a slalom ski. Not saying that you would ski it all season, um, but definitely people shouldn't criticize it. But equally, people who constantly ski on slalom skis, especially soft slalom skis, they also need to step up and understand the difference in the patience and the, the movement pattern of a longer 20 meter plus ski as well. It's, it's, it's learning as a ski instructor, you've got to be able to do it all. Yeah, yeah. I, and I think it's what there's a couple of good videos out there of um, from Interski. And for people who don't know what Interski is, it's a bi-yearly congress where all of the skiing nations get together and they talk about their, their way of teaching skiing and they swap ideas and whatnot. And uh, you quite often see videos and, and it'll be all of the different demo teams doing a short turn. So you'll see the Basie guys doing a short turn typically on slalom skis you'll see the austrians doing a short turn on their gs skis and you'll see the japanese doing it and the australians and again going back to there are so many different ways to do a short turn and quite often the ski depicts the way that short turn could be performed um but the, the interski videos are actually quite good to watch to, to get to to realize well, there are lots of ways to do short turns. Yeah. And let's face it, everybody's just trying to do dynamic skiing in their own way and interpret it in different ways. And that's very important. What we're sort of trying to say to you is just be aware that on social media, nobody puts up crap. <laughs> Generally, nobody puts up slow stuff. And I said to Andy offline there, I was saying to him before that one of the things I do want to tackle this year is sometimes just posting up a drifted parallel turn. You know, here's a drifted parallel turn, a nice clean with good movement patterns, etc. Just so people, you know, have a realistic look at what normal skiing looks like. You know, you're not always going 100 mile an hour. Absolutely not. Yeah, you know? And it goes back to the... the when it's the guys who are coming to train as ski teachers, we have to push them. We have to get them to perform because they have to be good, dynamic, technical skiers. For um, a, a recreational skier, we don't have to push them unless they want to be pushed, unless yeah. they come along and say, I really want to learn how to race carve yeah. and they've got the fitness and the ability and the kit to do it. Then, yeah, we'll, we'll try and teach it. But yeah. it is... Somebody, somebody actually commented that on a, a YouTube video I just asked, we put up and it was, uh, it was Tom, I think it was Tom and I actually doing a, about, I think it was hip to the ground actually carving. And somebody said, some recreational skier said, well, why do I need to do that as a recreational skier? Mm -hmm. And I said to him, you don't. I says, if you're, you're having a good time and you're enjoying your skiing, that, that's all. It's just, if you want to, there it is, the next stage. These are what the skis are. And let's face it, Andy knows, because he's, you know, he's worked with us enough to know that most people who think they're carving, 
they're not coughing. They're not coughing. They're not even close to it. But they think, you'll say, do you carve the ski? No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely carve the ski. They're not. And at that stage, they're just not aware of it. They're not really knowing the feeling that you would get from the ski completely, if you like, we'll use the word rail, compared with is it actually drifting? Is it skidding? Is it moving away from you? Um, but very important that you understand that once again, somebody, you know, pushing out material of this absolute phenomenal short turn, this, that, the other, it's a bit like, you know, in the past where they said, don't, don't read beauty magazines. It'll just make you feel fat. It's the same thing. You're watching stuff that really, it's never going to satisfy you as such because you're going to be reaching for something which... These guys, like like we were, you know, I, I said many times, I'm on snow nine months of a normal year. Come on, I'm cheating. If you're skiing nine months of a year, you, you're going to be probably good. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And especially, again, going back to Gunter, nine months of the well, Gunter probably seven months of the year, but since the age of two. Yeah. Um, most of these people in these pictures have skied all of their lives. Um, Back-to-back seasons, usually. Yeah, I, I, know, I know people who've done like, 26 to 30 back-to-back seasons so they've been ski teaching since the age of 16 for pretty much the whole year every year that's a job yeah um if i played tennis that much i'm sure i could take a pretty impressive tennis photo you know yeah um yeah 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 so why can't you ski like that person probably because you don't have the history that person has you don't have the dynamics that person has you don't have that in-ground movement that they 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 have you're not wearing the same equipment maybe as if you are a really good skier and you're looking at it going what's he doing i don't get it like you know i'm a good skier i i I do ski 10 20 weeks a year whatever why can't i get my hip to the ground etc and there's going to be some fundamental facts something obvious obviously even at the highest level if you are a skier who skied 200 300 weeks you're still probably going to need some outside coaching to to make you move to that next step wherever it is you want to go whether it's in the bumps the hip to the ground the 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 carving style short turn that i just see absolutely flooding the market at the minute from like Andy said almost like you know from the, the a different part of the hemisphere where they're they're just railing the ski it's, it's almost like it, they've got like rollerblades on their feet and it's 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 that movement pattern that I discussed on a ski analysis video recently with Jamie where it requires you to understand a little bit about concentric movement patterns which I will cover in future analysis and future f- podcasts so don't worry about it. If you can't ski like that person, there might be a very, very good reason. For sure. Anything to add, Andy? No, I think we've done it. I think we've Cracked nailed it, it again. Ciao for now. Bye for now, everyone. Put the crickets on instead of the music. <laughs>